0: Welcome, everyone, to NEC Now. I am here with Darnell Edge from Fairleigh Dickinson University, men's basketball alum, two-time all-conference. We'll get into all your accolades as we, as we talk today. Thanks for joining us, Darnell.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: So, first of all, where where are you hold up right now? What's, what, what's going on? Are you, you doing okay?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, just doing all I can to stay in best shape as possible. I'm back home in New York with my family right now.
0: So I want to focus on your freshman and your senior years. That's when FDU won it all. But we'll touch on everything. But uh, before we get into it, let's set the scene before you even arrived at FDU. Uh, Greg Horenda was hired two years before you got there uh, in April of 2013. And I think as you were being recruited, you could see the signs that things were starting to build there. And his first two years, they had some, you know, you had Sidney Sanders was their best player. Um, You had wins over St. Joe's and uh, Seton Hall and Rutgers. Um, Then in the year before you got there, 2014-15, you had Darian Anderson, Marcus Towns, Earl Potts. It was all their freshman seasons. Um, Lost a ton of close games that year, but you could see the foundation was being built. Right. Um, when Coach Rendo was recruiting you, talk to me about that recruitment and what it is that led you to picking FDU.
1: Uh, actually, FDU was my only offer on the table in general, Division One, Division Two. Um, so you know, I, I love the New York City area. Uh, when I went on my visit, it was you know like a real home atmosphere. I felt like I could really fit in there with that program. Um, you know, they have they had a lot of talent. The year I came in as a freshman and we were able to just build on that over the
0: years. So you you arrive at FDU and your first game that you step foot on the floor is against Villanova coming yep. off a 33 win season. That is the year they went on to, to win the national title they had you didn't know it at the time, but they had six NBA players on that team. Right. What was it like stepping on the foot against Jay Wright and those guys the first time you played college ball?
1: Oh, it was great. It was definitely a surreal feeling because you, you watch those teams growing up all your life. You know, you, you look up to those programs. So to be able to to you know step on a college floor and that be my first game, and then them end up winning the whole thing. You know, that was that was definitely a great moment, and uh, it was definitely a challenge for myself.
0: Right when you start, you're you're getting minutes off the bench. Your your team had some exciting non-conference wins over Lafayette, Towson. You played Rutgers really well that freshman year, if you remember back. Then comes NEC play. You get off to a great start. Uh, I think you were 8-3 and three to start. Had mm-hmm. some great wins over LIU, um, some high-scoring games. Darian Anderson loved to torture that team for whatever reason. He, was, he, was, he always brought it against uh, yep, LIU. Yep. Hit the game winner in one of those games that year. He dropped 32 points. He really cooked them. What, talk to me about Darian as a player and as a teammate.
1: Uh, you know, D- Darian was—he was such a competitor. You know, he always wanted to win. He did whatever it took to win. Um, you know, and and he—he he was our leader. uh, them, them first couple of years. So you know, everybody looked at him with with the ball in his hands, and he made a lot of great plays for us. Um, you know, he—he's he, just a good a good player overall, and uh, he was a good team, teammate for all of us. A good teacher for the young guys.
0: So that season, you started 8-3, and three, slipped a little bit down the stretch, but you still had to uh, claim the number two seed in the NEC tournament. There was real parity in the NEC your freshman year. Um, the coach was starting four sophomores and Mike, who was a freshman that year. So it was, your right. first, it, was, it was the first time for all those players competing in the NEC tournament. Were there some jitters going in? What were the practices like heading into your, your freshman season, postseason? Uh,
1: Just very, very focused. Everybody was locked in on the film, scouting report. Um, You know, we knew what we were coming out there to do. Uh, We knew we were one of the youngest teams in the country at the time, but that wasn't going to stop us. We knew what we were capable of. Uh, So every practice, um, every meeting we had, everybody was dialed in, locked in. Um, So, you know, we wanted it together.
0: In your in the quarterfinals, you played SFU Saint Francis. You'd have a, a long string of games against them in the postseason during your career. Mm-hmm. Um, Darian and Earl hit big threes, and you hold them to uh, one point over the last four minutes of the game. You win by two. First postseason win. You have any memories from that game? Um, just just the excitement of the crowd.
1: Um, you know the, the the locker room after the win. Um, just the, the energy that everybody brought on the court in the huddle. Guys on the bench was, uh, you know, being active. So, everybody was in there as a as a team, even the guys who weren't on the court at the moment.
0: You win that one. Mount St. Mary's, Junior Robinson for, for the next game. Mike has a huge game. He has 19 points, 17 rebounds that game. Uh, you win that 80 to 75. And just like that freshman year in the championship, you're yep. going to Wagner. It's there for the taking. They thumped you at home that year but you beat them in their place. Uh, And you had a big three in that game. I think it was an overtime game. Mm -hmm. What was your team's confidence level going into that game in Staten Island?
1: The confidence was through the roof. We knew we had, uh, you know, we had to get them back for getting us at home last time. Um, You know, and there's always been that rivalry between us and Wagner, especially early on freshman, sophomore years. It kind of went throughout my career. But going into that game, We all knew what we were going out there for. You know, everybody was saying that we weren't leaving that gym without the trophy. So whatever it took to win, that's what we had to do. So everybody came together. We all played well. And uh, we won.
0: So on that championship Tuesday, it's probably, you know, it's kind of what you dream about, playing for a conference (laughs) championship. Uh, What was it like walking in to that small gym, packed house, ESPN cameras? When you're in warm-up and intros, what was that like?
1: Oh, it, it, it sparks you. It gives you, like, a big adrenaline boost. You just, you're just ready to go out there and perform for your team, uh, go out there and represent your school, your family. Um, and, and it's a televised game, so it's always fun to
0: be out there. That was a really good Wagner team. If you remember, Mike Carey, Corey Henson, Mike Amon, JoJo Cooper, and uh, Dwan Anderson, that was their starters. First media time out of that game, you're down 13-2. to two. Yeah. You're in that huddle. What's Coach telling you during that huddle?
1: Just to, to stay, stay uh, competent, basically just keep trusting what we do. They came out, they had the energy, the home crowd behind them. Um, they, they threw us their best punch right off, right off the beginning of the game. So we knew we were going to you know, come out and battle back, and we were going to be in a position to win, come towards the end of the game. He just wanted us to, to, uh, to keep fighting, just lock in on our defensive assignments and trust everything that we've been working on. So you do
0: come back by halftime, you're just down two at the half. Second po- uh, half, Earl Potts goes crazy in that game. Um, back to back threes, Marcus Town scores five straight. Then you're up ten with four minutes to play in that game. You feeling it at this point? What's the what's the feeling like when you kinda know you you got it?
1: It's it's a great it's a great feeling, but you know, you know, we see it all the time where it's never over until it's over. So when we were at that point, <clears throat> when we were in huddles, uh, guys were just telling to keep the pressure up because you know we knew they were going to make a run. It was the championship game, and we just had to sustain all their runs and just keep fighting all the way until then. So you do. You close
0: the game out. You win it. You're climbing that ladder, cutting the net. Was it everything you dreamed of and more growing up? Ab- absolutely. You know, we we dream about
1: playing uh, Division One basketball in general, and then to be in that position where you able to actually cut down the nets, knowing what your next stop is, the NCAA tournament. Um, it's something that, you know, you dream about ever since you were a kid.
0: I think people always like to know, so you win the championship and then you have that period between when you win and you play in the NCAs. I know you're floating on air at that point, but is it hard to kind of get it, to, to dial it down and get back into practice and focus on what's next? Uh, not, not
1: as hard, Well, at least for me, honestly, not as hard as, as people might think. You know, the night that you win, maybe the next day, kind of on a high. But then, um, you know, once everything settles, you, you, you look forward to what your next obstacle is and how, you know, we can keep pushing and keep our season alive. So I think that's what a lot of guys' mentality on the team was at that time, was what can we do to keep um, getting better? and represent the conference going forward. You
0: draw uh, Florida Gulf Coast, Dunk City in the first in, in, in the first four. Now, yeah. I remember at the time saying, looking at the numbers, that that team in no way belonged in, a, in an opening round game. They were really good. Yeah. Um, so they beat you pretty good in that game. When it's over, did it give you an idea of what it will take to win at that sort of next level, like what you need to aspire to?
1: Definitely, definitely. Playing that game. Um, like you said, we, we, we got to be pretty bad in that game, but that definitely opened our eyes to what type of competition is out there in the tournament. So our goal was to always get back and, you know, prepare a little bit better, just get better every single year,
0: and uh, we'll be in a position to compete the next time we, we got there. If you look back on your freshman season, you were definitely – you were a contributor. You had a couple of big games in there. You averaged about a little over four points a game. I yeah. know you always want to be a bigger contributor. You want to do more. You feel that you're confident in your skills. What did you do in the off season that year to improve yourself for your sophomore season?
1: Just staying in the gym. Extra film sessions with the coaches, extra time in the weight room. Um I, I lived in the gym. I would do go in there, be in there one of the first in there before practice. After practice I would always come back, get shots up, watch, I said watch film, um, just do all the, the little necessary things to set myself apart and just grow as much as I could.
0: You come into your sophomore season, and again, it's kind of a strange season. You start the year 8-1 and one in any C play, but then you go 1-8 and eight in the second half. You, you, the season ends in a, in a two-point loss. I think Darian had a three rim out of the buzzer at Wagner in the, in the quarterfinals. What were your thoughts on that season? Did you feel there were some missed opportunities? What do you think kind of led to the slide in the second half?
1: uh there might be a, <clears throat> might have been a couple missed opportunities um but i think uh it's hard to really say i mean we 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 started like you said we started off right we started off 8 and 1 and then i think we went we finished 9 and 9 so uh we just went through a little bit of a slump um you know guys had started missing shots and we just weren't able to overcome the whole the hole that we dug ourselves into um yeah i mean the season was kind of it was, it was a rough way to end that year. That was a, a rough a rough one. But, you know, we, we used that going forward um, to to build on. We knew coming into the junior year that we had to pick it up from the way we ended off soft, so my sophomore year and just be better.
0: Sometimes as a player, a um, little, little tangent, but they say that I, there was one of our coaches once said during a season or during a game, sometimes when it's, when the engine shuts off, it's hard to turn it back on again. Do right. you find that sometimes, when maybe a few losses, that you you hit a make or break point where either you turn it around or the season kind of kind of goes down a bit?
1: Right. Um. For for us, I mean, there was always times where we would go on like a little winning streak, and then we might lose a couple in a row. But you know, like the coaching staff, the players, we were always also positive about it going forward. We were like, you know, we're going to turn it around. All we need is to get one win, and then we, we usually got it rolling. So um, we never let really a couple losses um, get us too far knocked off track. We always got back on horse. course.
0: That season, you started 16 games that year, averaged nine points. Uh, you scored in double digits in nine of your last 12 games. Were you satisfied with your progression on the court? Yeah. I was
1: uh, I was satisfied with, you know, my, my performance and how I was able to, you know, grow as a player and contribute more to the team as, as that year went on.
0: Now you head into your junior season. You add uh, Jaleel and Elijah to the mix. Unfortunately, Darian, is, he's riddled with injuries all year, only played 15 games, wasn't himself. How hard was it for him in his senior year?
1: Oh, it was hard for him. Me and him talked about it all the time. He, he just wanted to be out there. Uh, he wanted to go out the right way and try to go out with another championship. Um, so I know that was definitely difficult for him, um, but also to have a good player like Jaleel who was able to step up and um, contribute with Darian being out helped us out a lot.
0: That season, FDU got hot down the stretch that year. Finished 9-9. Nine and nine. You were the sixth seed. You opened NECs um, at SFU. This was a crazy game. Um back and forth you wind up winning 84 to 75 so you go you head into the semis at liu now as we said before like liu and fdu are incapable of having a bad game against each other they're always super exciting whether you win or lose these games they're they're great games uh this one was a classic one of the best nec games tournament games that i can remember caleb bishop goes crazy in this game night 22 rebounds 19 points you had you had 22 in this game Mike had a big game. Uh, LIU makes a big comeback, but Agosto hits two free throws with a few seconds left. I know this one hurt. I know this one probably still stinging you by looking at your face right now. When a season ends, <laughs> when a season ends this way, how long does it take for you to sort of decompress and shift focus for your team that is coming back to, this, to your senior year and to your ne- or the next season?
1: Yeah, that, that one hurt a lot. That, um, that one stung the whole team probably for a couple of weeks, at least after the season was over. You know, and then once it was time for, um, you know, spring, our spring session to get back in shape after a couple of weeks off and um, start focusing on our gears towards the next season coming forward, that's when things started to change. And we were like, all right, that's behind us. Now we've got to focus forward. But that definitely hurt a little while because we thought we had that game won and, uh, you know, literally came down to the last couple of seconds. So that was a rough one.
0: Individually, again, we'll look at you. You led the team in scoring that year. You shot 94, over 94% from free throw. Range. You led the nation. Uh, was free throw shooting something, did it come natural to you, or did you have to, like, are you in the gym working on that day in, day out? Uh, I, was, I was
1: always in the gym working on just shooting in general. So um, the free throw was, was always part of my routine, just stepping to the line, shooting with confidence. It's something I've been good at since I was a kid. I did a lot of um, like free-throw tournaments around my state where you, know, you compete against other players in the state. Um, you know, so it's always been a thing that I've always liked to, to have, like be good at with my game. So it just all transpired, or it all transpired together. And uh, I just stayed in the gym and always worked hard on it.
0: It's such a great weapon to have. I always would say that at the end of an FDU game, if you gave the ball to Jalil or to Darnell, the game was over if you were winning with a minute to go because they're going to foul you guys and you're not going to miss. Cause that you little don't miss either. Mm-hmm. So um, you head into your senior year. Um, you're bringing almost everyone back. You're adding Xavier Malone key to the, to the team. Now you're picked second behind SFU in, in the, in the preseason poll. It's your last ride. Uh, was the sense with the way your junior season ended in that tough way was there like the unfinished business sort of quality to your preseason? What was coach preaching at that time?
1: Um, well, to the team, it was, you know, just we had to get into the playoffs first. He wanted to always take things one step at a time. Um, for, you know, the upperclassmen, we knew, especially me and Mike, we knew what it took to get to the tournament in the first way, in the first round, or we came in as freshmen. And, um, you know, everybody wanted to go out the way we came in. So, um, you know, we just had to be leaders and show, show the guys going forward what it took to be, you know, at the top.
0: You look at your non-conference season, uh, much improved from your junior year, wins over Princeton Army, St. Pete's. You lose tight games to UMass by a point, real close one against South Florida. Things are looking good. Your open league play, you split out at Western PA, including an 18-point win at SFU, which, mm. you know, again, we'll talk more about SFU later. Then it's three losses in a row, including that, if you remember, that double overtime game against Central. Um, you, had, you tied it at the buzzer on, yep. a, on a three-pointer to send it to overtime. You're one and four in your senior year. Still is. We've talked about it before. You have the highs and lows, and you go on runs as teams. Was it just business as usual at that point for you guys? Um, at that point,
1: everybody was kind of bummed out, but we knew there was a couple things going wrong. So we decided to actually gather as a team, no coaches involved, just, just the players sit down and talk about some things. And we held each other um, responsible for the things that we were doing at the time, um, you know, just just got slacking off in practice, whatever. Uh, we just wanted to be the best that we could. And we knew we could turn it around if everybody was on the same page. So we had a meeting for about 30 minutes after uh, the day after we lost that, that um, our, our third game in a row, we Had a meeting and then everything from there kind of just turned around.
0: It did turn around. You had five straight wins after that. You had another double overtime game, this time a win against Robert Morris. You had 28 in that game. It was that point was your career high. Did you start to feel as the team got rolling that you were starting to build something special?
1: Uh, absolutely. We, we knew a couple games after we had that meeting, um, just everything changed. You know, the dynamics and practice changed. The energy was there. Guys were communicating. Everybody really seemed locked in, and we all knew what we wanted to do. So once we figured that out, everything else just rolled right into place.
0: Go back to SFU again. You'd beat them out there big. They come to your place on a national TV game and just wipe wipe you guys out in that game. Mm-hmm. Was that was that sort of a in the middle of your streak at that point? Is it a little reality check?
1: Um. I wouldn't – it was uh, – we were on – yeah, we were on such a, a hot streak at that point. And to lose that game on a national televised game, especially at home, it definitely uh, – it hurt a little bit. But we knew it was just a slide. We just weren't uh, – we didn't show up to play that day. So uh, we knew we were just going to regroup and be right back at it the next time.
0: So you did win five straight to close out the regular season. You tied St. Francis for the regular season title. You're the two seed. When the – before the tournament started, Was there something in your mind where you were thinking, this is destined to come down to us and St. Francis for all the marbles?
1: In the the back of my head, that's what I wanted, and that's exactly what we ended up having. Um, You know, we we wanted to get that revenge game. We knew we wanted to see them in the playoffs, um, and we we wanted to get them back for the game that they had beat us at home previously because we knew that wasn't the team that we had become. We just didn't come to show up that particular day. So. Um, you know, I'm happy the way things ended up.
0: Quarterfinals, you're home. You you dominant win over Wagner. No issues there. Then Robert Morris comes to town, you know, playing them. That's like pulling teeth. It's, it's You know yeah. it's going to be a tough game. Uh, arm you up 10 in the second half of that game. Then you, you take over that game. And you didn't take it over from three-point range. There was lots of pull-ups, drives. First, I have a couple questions for you on this. How does it feel when you get in a zone like that, when everything is just dropping?
1: Uh, It's kind of like a surreal feeling. Everything, you know, every time you shoot, it's just going in. You have, you know, no doubts about what you're doing. It's all just confidence at that point.
0: You're known as a three-point shooter. You shot 48% as a senior from three-point range. But how important was the mid range to your game? I think you're underrated in the fact that what you can do off the dribble
1: yeah, yeah, yeah um shooting is is uh one of my best my best qualities, so um but I always wanted to be multidimensional. I never wanted to just be um very one dimensional just where I could just shoot threes so I always uh you know wanted to switch it up a couple times, maybe I'll make a three then get to the rim, make pull ups, just show the, uh all different weapons I have.
0: So now it's St. Francis, you're headed out to Loretto. For Mike, playing against Keith Braxton, who was the player of the year, his cousin, what was that like for him every time they played, especially going in a championship situation like, like you were faced with? It was uh, it was a lot of love there, but
1: it was obviously really competitive because um, nobody likes to lose. So in that situation, they, you know, both both of their families is always there, and everybody's uh both of their families is there. But uh, we're just all competing, and you know it, it's fun. It's fun to see them go at it. Thank
0: you. You, pl- you played in that atmosphere as a freshman in a championship game on the road. Now you're in a packed Stokes Center. The game starts, and at that first media timeout, down eleven to two. I was at the game. I didn't see panic in your guys' eyes. What was Coach Horrenda telling you at that first time out?
1: Same thing he told us in, in the championship game at Wagner my freshman year. Just trust what we've been doing. We know the work we put in. We know the scouting reports. It was, it was all just energy in the beginning of the game. They were you know, they were uh, making shots uh, when they when the game started. They had the home court advantage. So we knew that they were going to cool off and we were going to be able to fight back.
0: You took over the game, sort of, then in the second half they made their run and they cut it to three. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you look at the box score of that game, you see that your starter scored every point in that game and played Mm -hmm. almost every minute of that game. At that point in the season, in a game like that, is there there fatigue? Is there mental fatigue? Or are you so jacked up at that point in a championship game that it doesn't matter to you?
1: Yeah, it didn't matter to us. Everybody uh, was, was ready to compete. We knew um, it, it, we had to give everything we had to come out with a win in there. Um, so everybody was prepared going into the game to be in the best shape we could be in.
0: When they cut it to three, uh, M- Mike had a dunk. You hit three free throws. They fouled you, taking a three. Kind of off and running, running from there. So you do it. You, you win the title on the road again. Uh, I would imagine it's everyone's dream to, to bookend their careers with, with championships, freshmen and seniors. How sweet was this one compared to the first one?
1: Oh, it, w- it was good because, you know, being able to go out um, with, two t- with two titles in four years was a great accomplishment. And then to do it with this group of guys was uh, was really fun. And to show that, you know, we can do it, um, you know, with, with, with a different group um, and, and just continue to build the program was, was, was great.
0: So tournament MVP, 21 points. How did it feel when you, you were presented that tournament MVP plaque?
1: It was a great feeling. It just, it just uh, shows all the hard work that I had put in, all the trust that the coaches and the, my teammates had had in me, and uh, you know, just did all I could think is God for that.
0: Headed to the first four again. This time, Prairie View A&M. Much different than the first time you were playing in the in the first four, uh, but you're down 13 in the second half, and then you and Jalil go crazy. Uh, major comeback. You finished the game seven for nine from three point range, career high thirty three points. When that game ends. What was your phone like when you got back to the locker room and checked it after being on national TV?
1: Yeah, trending. We were trending on Twitter. I think I had um I like six seven hundred followers on Instagram. um My phone had like two hundred and something text messages as soon as I got back to the locker room. so my phone actually really wasn't working right it was It was glitching the whole night all the way to Salt Lake City. So that was one of the best nights, I could say, in my basketball career.
0: How about those locker room celebrations with Coach after the games and having the cameras in there to document it? What What are those like?
1: Oh, that's that's all fun. That's just uh, that's everybody celebrating all the hard work and uh, everything we overcome, the ups and downs throughout the year to see everything that we had planned, um, you know, come true. That's what that all was. That's all just happiness.
0: Jalil was amazing in that game. I want to talk about him for a second. He's only maybe I don't even know if he's six feet tall, but that guy's a monster out there. He's a great player. What was it like having him as your point guard?
1: That was, it was great. Jalil's a good player. Um, you know, he, he knows how to get his teammates involved. He's got a great IQ uh, and, and he's a good guy. You know, what I mean, so everybody likes to play with good people. So uh, having him in the backcourt with me was a lot of fun. Um, We both fed off each other's energy all the time.
0: So it's off to Utah to play the Zags. Uh, Gonzaga, obviously, one of the top few teams in the nation. What was the experience like between when you won the game against Prairie View and you tipped off against Gonzaga?
1: I mean, the experience, it was just uh, a lot of hype around, around the team going forward. It was a lot of excitement to be on the stage against the number one seed. Um, and we, we went into the game um, being very open-minded about, you know, what was possible. We didn't go in there automatically counting ourselves out because we had seen what happened with a one seed and a 16 seed the year before. Um, we went in there confident, and we just wanted to play our game and show what we could do.
0: So your career ends that night against a tremendous Gonzaga team. Nothing to be ashamed about there. But um, let's look at your senior year. You're named first team All-NEC. You led the league in three-point shooting, as we said, 1,400 career points. And this all came after scoring four points a game as a freshman. What advice would you give to young players who may not achieve their goals right off the bat? Uh, to just stick with it.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, um, just control what you can control. Get in the gym, put in the work, and, um, you know, everything will be destined to happen the way, the way it's supposed to. But, you know, you just have to do your part get better every single day, and um, show the coaches and other players how committed you are to the team.
0: How satisfying was it to be a part of – this will go down as one of the golden eras in FDU basketball. How satisfying was that you were a part of it and and an integral part of it as well?
1: It's definitely satisfying being a part of something, um, you know, so big and and so many memories that, you know, everybody at FDU and, and the team will hold on to forever. So. Um, it's, it's, it's great to be a part of the school history and to leave a legacy behind where, you know, the guys can look up to and hopefully continue to, to build the um, program.
0: Is there one particular moment of your career that would you look back on that always makes you smile, Oof. whether it was on or off the court? Was there something that, that, that maybe we don't know about that you think about from time to time? Mm-hmm.
1: It was probably the, the walk back to the locker room after the Prairie View win and going in, the, in that locker room. It was so much, you know, excitement because now we know we won the tournament game, accomplished school history. We know we're going to play a one seed. So at that point, it was excitement, cameras all over the place. Um, you know, coaches was happy, teammates was happy. That's uh, the one thing that probably sticks out in my head.
0: What is it about Coach Horrenda that keeps his, that is built, that is has enabled him to build a winning culture, keep his teams at or near the top of, of the NEC year in and year out?
1: He's a demanding guy. You know, he, he doesn't expect anything less than greatness from all his players. And, um, you know, he pushes us every day, every day. He, he doesn't let up on us. Um, it's just, you know, we, we feed off of his, we fed off of his energy. He brought a lot of fire to us. Um, Yeah, he was just, he was a good guy to play for.
0: FDU does so much in the community, working with Boys and Girls Club. And what did that mean to you through your four years being involved with that?
1: Um, It meant a lot, especially Boys and Girls Club, because I actually, I grew up going to Boys and Girls Club in my area um, ever since I was a little kid, all the way until I went to college. So um, to be able to give back was something that has always interested me, especially in the Boys and Girls Club.
0: Finally, what does being a knight mean to you? Um, being
1: being a knight, being like a close knit family. FDU is always just a smaller um, school, but everybody knows each other. Everybody's so supportive of each other. So, um, you know, we go by the slogan being united. So uh, that's probably the most thing I, I, I think about being a knight is being being family with the guys who. Um, you know, were with me through my experience. Everybody helped me through my ups and downs, so being a part of that family together.
0: I, also, I almost forgot. So after your senior year, you go play in the summer league, NBA Summer League for the, for the Jazz. What was that like? That's
1: a, that was a, a great experience. That was, um, you know, that's an unfor- unforgettable moment. Just that, that's, that just shows all the hard work that I had put in. I uh, got some notice and attention by the highest level. So that was just an opportunity for me to showcase what I can do um, on the highest stage. So I was really happy with that.
0: I know afterwards you went to Europe. What's the status of your pro career? What are you thinking about in the future on, or off the, on and off the court?
1: Yeah, uh, I started off the year in Poland, ended up leaving there, and then I was just out in Albania um, to finish off the season before I got called back for the whole COVID thing. Um, so going forward, they, they were talking about the team in Albania might be able to pick up the rest of the season sometime in the summer. So if that happens, I'll probably go back out there and finish the season out with them and just continue to play as long as I can, um, give back, run my own basketball camps in my area where I'm from, um, and inspire the youth.
0: And what was your major in college?
1: I was a sports administration major.
0: So after you're done playing basketball, do you have any ideas of what you'd want to do?
1: Uh, I've always been interested in you know coaching, maybe personal training, player development, something along those lines. Um, I even thought about agency. I, I have a lot of ideas, even um, you know opening my own brand, maybe and running basketball camps and clinics and stuff like that. So, something that's still in the works.
0: Well, there you have it. First, Darnell, was, I love taking this walk down memory lane with you. It was an honor to watch you play through the, your four years. You're a terrific representative for both FDU and NEC Hoops. Uh, I wish you nothing best but the best in the future. I hope you and your family are safe, and I hope to get to talk to you again soon. Thanks, right. Darnell.
1: I appreciate it. Thank
0: you. All right. This is Ron Radner, and this was NEC Now with FDU's Darnell Edge.